I'm recording here. Um, <clears throat> I'm recording here. Are you recording? Not yet. Oh, she's going to do the hand clap there. Yeah, go ahead and record. start recording and then do the hand clap. Do it better than that. Yeah, do a significant clap. There you go. Good. <laughs> you were also good. Good, good, good. Good evening. Well, I guess we shouldn't say good evening. Hello, Green Pines. Welcome to this new segment that we are going to try where we're going to do a Q&A based upon Pastor Jared's sermon, and we're going to post this on our Facebook page as well as we're going to work towards getting stuff back up in podcast format as well. Um, and this is something that we would like to do on a regular basis moving forward, um, and we picked a perfect passage to start this on. <laughs> yeah, you? well, you know, I, on that day I was kind of reluctant. I was like, oh my goodness, why are we doing this text? online and for everyone else to consider, but it's in the Bible and uh, it's where we're at. So when when we go verse by verse, we're going to come upon passages that stretch us, challenge us, and maybe I probably wouldn't choose to preach on, but that's why I go verse by verse. It's Mm -hmm. not about me. So yeah, Luke chapter 11. Right. So you want to go ahead and read the passage and then we'll go through a few questions. Yeah, this is uh, Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 14. Uh, Now he was casting out a demon that was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He cast out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebul. If I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding none. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Now, in your sermon the other day, you alluded to back in Matthew where um, they talked about having seizures and different things to point out that there is a clear difference between or a clear understanding that they had between there being medical conditions and issues and also demonic spiritual warfare going on at the time. And so one of the questions we have from that is, so that's all well and good back then, but what about today? What is, is demonic activity still relevant and happening today? Um, And then if so, what's the role of that in the lives of the believers? Yeah, you know, in Ephesians chapter 6, it states very clearly that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of of rulers in in high places. And what that seems to be stating in today's world is that there is a spiritual struggle happening, and uh, that 
what's behind the flesh and blood, what's behind the controversies and the challenges of the day is very likely a spiritual force at play. And so thus the spiritual armor uh, is not physical things. It's mm-hmm. spiritual of prayer, faith, uh, righteousness, the gospel, word of God. And so we know from Scripture that there are maybe unseen reality, but a determining reality in spiritual forces, both for God being angelic forces as well as against God being Satan and the demons. And so in regards to that, one of the things a lot of times you'll see, especially in the social media world, is people talking about how these times where Satan's really working against them. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also looking at both that from an external point of view, but then internally in sins that we struggle with or deal with it with, whether they be um, sins that we keep having habits of falling into or different other problems in life. How much of that can we blame, can we put on Satan? So, yeah. So how much can we blame Satan for you being a rotten person? Right, exactly. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, you know, when we look at that, um, there is a a role that obviously Satan and the demons play. Uh, But when you go back to like Genesis 2, Genesis 3, uh, where we see sin and Satan interplaying with uh, with Adam and Eve as human agents, it gives us a good picture of of how this works and, and where responsibility lies. Um, obviously, in Genesis 3, we have the, the passage of Adam and Eve kind of falling into the temptation. Satan, through the serpent, is throwing out them uh, different perspectives of God maybe than they had ever thought of before. Uh, but when it's all said and done, when God holds them account, he holds them account. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a guilt assessment given to the, the serpent. But he talks to Adam and he talks to Eve and he says, what have you done? And so we see the responsibility at play that God, though there is a, a satanic force or a demonic force at play, there is still within our own ability, uh, responsibility to choose that God has given and holds us to it. So yes, there is demonic influence, but God never really quite says, well, you know, poor Adam, poor Eve, you know, I, I hate that Satan made you do these things. But instead it was, you made some choices, you have consequences that go along with it. Uh, and we have to assume that within that first temptation was the power to obey God, mm-hmm. if God had given that opportunity and given them a command to do it. So I think there was within that. And so we could play that out today in our everyday life. Uh, it might be some uh, circumstances that come to mind or thoughts that can come to our mind, like we assume came with Adam and Eve, uh, some perspectives that we could choose to go with. But keep in mind, there is a choice uh, to say, you know, every thought that crosses your head doesn't mean it has to be your perspective. It can be rejected. Uh, and understand that, uh, uh, you know, it seems like Satan uh, tries to distract us uh, from looking at whom God is and looking at his options. Uh, and so, there is an influence, but never to the point where we lose responsibility before God. And so a final question that kind of comes up from this is uh, the last part of the passage talked about um, when the house has been clean, the demons go out, but they come back sevenfold. And you kind of connected that to this idea of when it's by our own efforts that we've cleaned out these, these demonic issues, these, or these sinful habits, things like that. Um, and so how do we know whether it's the working of God in our lives or how much of it is us working ourselves out and not fully trusting in God to be the one working in these? 
Yeah, that's that's a great question. The, the text describes this house as well-ordered. And, and so we have to assume in this analogy that this is a human soul uh, that has had its demon. The demon has been removed. And now there's a good place that this soul seems to be in a good place, uh, apparently, and that it's well-organized. And I think Jesus was alluding to the fact that there are a lot of forces that could bring change in someone's life. And he was referring specifically, I think, to the Pharisees, the sons of the Pharisees, and, and they evidently had some ministry and roles of casting out demons. And uh, and then not only that, I mean, we find change in our life for a lot of different reasons, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Maybe we're just frustrated and annoyed with who we are. And, and so we, we get that. Um, and we can kind of pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, so to speak, uh, and put us in a good place. Uh, but then Jesus says, but that's not the same thing, uh, because if there's nothing driving you, nothing possessing you, then you're open and fair game to the multitude or complete, uh, seven being the number of completions, seven spirits coming in. Uh, and so it was like, we want to get this right, uh, because Jesus is presenting a uh, kind of either or uh, scenario. It, it can be great or it can be really bad, um, and, but you're not just going to stay well ordered without any spirit. Uh, and so to be possessed by Jesus, so to speak, to say, what are divine changes versus my own will? I, I think this is a way of saying, what does it mean to be filled with spirit? Um, uh, and scripture, fortunately, gives us some qualities of what that means to be filled, uh, controlled, yielded to the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus, uh, and so descriptives are given out like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. These things are signs of the Spirit of God working. Uh, and then consequently, you've got the signs of your flesh working, uh, envyings, uh, greeds, uh, various, um, you know, after, you can read Galatians 6 and see some of these spelled out. But I think in general, when you look at that, um, what's your joy? Um What's your security? What's your treasure? Uh, we, you know, we talked about this and uh, that Jesus is to be our strong man uh, and therefore our treasure uh, so that things don't come in still. And so what stills the joy in our life? Um, a lot of times when it's our own efforts, a lot of times irritation comes with it, pride comes with it, uh, anger can come with it, jealousies can come with it. it it's these side effects. It lets us know, and why does God allow these emotions? Um, you know, Josh, we, our car just had the service engine soon light come on. Um, and I was like, okay, we got, we've got to change some stuff. We, if we keep driving this way, uh, there's not going to be a good result. And so we, you know, took it and have it looked at. In the same way, I think these emotions, um, uh, Dr. Wayne Medill wrote a book called The Message in Your Emotions. And I think there's a lot of analogy where he says, these emotions God allows. It's kind of like a check engine light. And what God is really interested in is who is possessing you? Um, who is controlling you? Is it going to be these multitude of spirits or is it going to be Jesus yield, or that we're yielded to? And if so, expect these emotions. When you see these other emotions, check yourself. You know, Check yourself and to see, hey, what's gotten in the way here? Um, so I, I would say we read this and we, we follow it with a prayer. Like, Jesus, I want you to possess who I am. I, I'm going to be possessed by something, um, and I want to be possessed by something that gives me lasting joy, peace, a purpose, direction in my life, love. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's where it comes to. Jesus, please take my life. Let it be. 
Yeah, and so it was funny because we then we had the college Bible study this past Sunday night, and Rich was kind of talking about um, dwelling, letting the love of Christ dwell within you in Ephesians three. Um, and he went to this passage in John fourteen, or in this verse in John fourteen twenty three, um, where it says, "Jesus answered, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and." Of course, I misread it here. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And so you have this, when the the sin, the evil has been cast out, to then have Christ dwell within you, and what that looks like is obedience. Um, and so that was a great connection. Yeah, I'm um, getting to see that there as well. Um, so thank you, Jared, for this time. Uh, this is something we'd like to do on a weekly basis. So as you're hearing the sermons um, in these next few weeks, as they're on uh, Facebook and YouTube, but also moving into the future further down the line when hopefully soon we get to reconvene together as a church body. Um, as you have these questions, let us know um, either through the Facebook or YouTube page or through, you can email our salt team. It's salt, like a salt shaker or th- salt, <laughs> um, salt at greenpines.org um, as you come up and we'll keep doing this as things go forward. So thank you. Thank you, Green Pines for watching and Green Pines has left the building. (laughs) (laughs) You found a way.